Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Hard-edged, hard-nosed, hard to beat. Where are you coming from in this one? Your 100% essential download. Jim White and Simon Jordan. You've let this get out of control. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Hello and thanks for downloading Outspoken, the podcast that brings you the very best of our daily talk sports show. On today's episode, England legend Stuart Pearce joined myself and Simon to reflect on last night's European action with euphoria for West Ham and failure for Manchester United. Plus, Simon gets his teeth stuck into Chris Wilder after the Watford boss's six-minute public rant at his squad. And it is Friday morning, and Simon, we like a Friday morning because invariably the man Stuart Pierce joins Indeed. us. Mr. Pierce, good morning, sir. Pleasure to be on board again, gentlemen. <laughs> and Twice we actually we believe that you mean that. I, I certainly do. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Absolutely, absolutely. When you look round a dressing room and you see what teammates you got alongside you, gives you a lift. You know, and I've been in some good dressing rooms. Understandably so. And some stinkers as well, by the way. How, okay. How do we rate in terms of dressing room colleagues? Oh, I mean, are, are we up there with the very top? Oh, ability, knowledge, bit of personality as well. You, you've got the whole mix. I'm <laughs> You're a sympathetic little toad, aren't you? Aren't I, Joe? <laughs> huh? <laughs> actually, Stuart Pierce is one of the few men in life that you actually get on with, isn't he? No, I get on with lots of people. He tolerates. Yes, he tolerates yeah, me. Yeah. One yeah. one day I wanted to go wrong when he suggested that day when you took that penalty famously for England and bottled it. I want to see you leap across that desk. Yeah. I mean, I want to see it happen. There's no need. He gets more worried when I come up and give him a cuddle in the morning <laughs> than, than out and out violent aggression towards him. You know what I mean? Yeah, that scares him even more. Indeed. I enjoy the Stuart Pierce cuddle, Simon. It'll be you, the backbreakers, aren't they? Yeah, but it's the enthusiasm he does it with that concerns me. Yes. Yes. It, it presses a little bit too close. Uh, Stuart, incidentally, before I go any further, you, you've been messaging uh, a, a mutual friend of ours who happens to be like me, a fellow Scot. Indeed, yes. Um, I, I've been sort of coming and forth with uh, with David because normally around this time of year, St George's Day on Sunday, I normally host the last two years a staff St George's Day tea and scones out on the veranda at West Ham <laughs> Training Ground. So... I've got the clearance from from Dave begrudgingly to come in and do that this Tuesday. Come in, all right, and also text Billy McKinley with with the message: tea and scones next Tuesday for England, the King, and St George was the message I sent in his direction this morning. He come back to me 
and said, thank you very much. By the way, eh, England, <laughs> eh, the king, eh, St George, stick it where it's the sun don't shine. Beautiful. It. I love it. Billy McKinley, I'm with you on almost all of those points. Uh, let me tell you, before I forget, last night, Simon, you know, the thespian in me took me off to the Ambassador's Theatre uh, up at Covent Garden. Um, Wagatha Christie, the Vardy Rooney trial, honestly, the stage version of it. Simon, it beggars belief that this actually did happen. Does it portray them as the lights that they are? Yeah, pretty much so. Mm. Um, it is amazing. It's brilliantly cast. Anybody who fancies going to see that, I strongly recommend it. Your jaw, Stuart, would drop mm. that this actually happened. Actually, your missus might en enjoy that. I, I, I think she would. I think she'd get a belly laugh out of it. It's unbelievable. I, I think in true life, it is just incredible how something <laughs> of this magnitude goes to the high courts and the millions of pounds that gets wasted. Solicitors must be Truth rubbing is often their hands. and fiction, isn't it? Incredible. Yes, yeah. Uh, absolutely amazing. It was amazing, but thoroughly enjoyable, so I strongly recommend it. Uh, thoroughly enjoyable last night after an early scare was uh, West Ham's win uh, in the Europa League Conference uh, tournament. They got rid of the Belgians' Ghent and now they progress uh, to the semi-final stages of it. I mean, it's amazing, actually, in terms of what they've done, is back-to-back European semi-finals, which is an achievement in itself and was marked quickly by David Moyes. By the way, I'm a, I'm a huge football man. I watch football, always have done all my life. And I don't know if I could think back to when West Ham maybe had back-to-back -back European football semi-finals. Maybe they have, maybe somebody would correct me and tell me there was times. But I'm saying to myself, as two semi-finals of European competition, great credit to the players. They've, they've done a brilliant job. Not only that, we won the group last year. We won the group this year. You know, we got went through in the quarters against big teams. And tonight, I've got to say, Ghent made it really difficult for us over the two games. In, in the end, you know, we, we won quite comfortably, but it, wasn't, it didn't feel comfortable, I've got to say, because they, they made it hard for us. So they made it through. Again, Stuart, you were involved the last time they yep. got to this stage. What do you think? Have they got a better chance this time? Albeit it's uh, the Europa League Conference semi-final, but it doesn't matter. It's still a European tournament. Yeah, I think I think they've got a better chance on a couple of fronts, really. A, the experience that Dave and the squad have, the vast majority of the squad, um, having been in this situation before. I think as well, it's not a stronger competition as the Europa League. We understand that. But for the club and for Dave, it, it's sort of underpinned uh, a very disappointing league campaign. There's no doubt about that. But I'm absolutely delighted that they've had a brilliant day at the stadium last night. And Dave will have one... He, he just wants to get his hands on this trophy. And when you look around the London Stadium about the achievements that the club have won, I think they've only won three, three items of silverware. So yeah. to actually... This yeah. is big. This is big. Sure. But you touched on it. Is West Ham's poor domestic form unfairly diminishing what they're doing in Europe? Um, I, I think you can almost look at both in isolation in many ways. Their the European campaign's been nothing short of magnificent. You know, they've won every game by one, which they've drawn, I think, something of that nature, which is quite incredible. Um, but there'll be a frustration there with Dave, the fact that they, they've not shown a level of consistency in their league form.
Yeah. I mean, it is something else, Simon, to be honest. And you, you, I, I watched it this morning. I watched the highlights this morning. The noise inside the London Stadium. All of a sudden, Simon, playing at the London Stadium and uh, displeasure about that amongst some West Ham fans, I think goes out the window. They're winning. They're winning in Europe. It's looking good. All of a sudden, yeah, West Ham's a good place to be. Well, in recent weeks, yeah. I mean, certainly you get the performance and the recovery against Arsenal. Uh, and the upturn in performance in the Premier League because at one particular point there was a trade-off that looked like was going to happen that potentially they might be successful in Europe at the consequence of losing their Premier League status. And with all due respect to David, winning a European title, and I know the West Ham fans, a lot of West Ham fans disagree with me, to to some extent would have been scant consolation to me as an owner to get relegated from the Premier League. Now... West Ham fans corrected me repeatedly about this notion that it would be more important to stay in the Premier League. Well, OK, they're going to do both now. And I'm pleased because I like David. And I want David to, to be given the respect that I think he's due for the job that he's done at West Ham. Yeah. Um, and I think that this does give him a, a degree of, um, uh, a, not so much a pass, but a slide away from what has ultimately been an underperforming season in the Premier League now they may well they, they're, they're likely to perhaps win the games that they've got coming up against the various sides and may even finish as high as 13th but that wouldn't be the list that they wanted to have been on i.e. in the bottom third of the table but they're now in the semi-finals this, this is not you know on paper you think well West Ham playing against AZ Alkamar you know who are they and what are they they're fourth in the Eredivisie who have they played in this tournament they've beaten Valencia but Valencia are in the bottom three of La Liga They've beaten uh, Atalanta, which people quite like that side because they're an attacking side. West Ham have gone through this tournament. It's not the, not the most gifted sides, but notwithstanding that, they have an opportunity now. But this game, I mean, I, when, I, when, I, when I saw the, the result against Genk, because I was watching the Man United game, I thought, that's great for Moisey. I looked at the draw, I thought, well, that's a gimme. And then I looked more into it and think, well, actually, it's not a gimme at all. Yeah, this yeah. is a, actually a difficult game. No, and what David point. won't want to have happen is still defeat from the jaws of victory in a semi-final by losing this. Uh, you make a great point. This is a tough game. I think yeah. this is in the balance. It, it, on betting scenarios, I think both teams are, are very evenly balanced. Uh, West Ham being at home first uh, probably might just give the ascendancy to AZ. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. That's yeah. what I was going to yeah. say. Sure, I want to ask you one before we hit the break. Thereafter, we'll talk about Manchester United. Oh boy, there's plenty to talk about. Not the good sort. How big a transitional summer ahead is it for West Ham if they're having to rebuild? With maybe a new manager, because David might depart, and find a replacement for their best player, Declan. Uh, The biggest blow, I'm not sure there's a massive rebuild there. Bear in mind, you know, last summer, seven players come in. Seven players that that we've looked at and thought, you know what, we we think they're going to improve our squad. You're bringing a German left uh, right back through the door. You're bringing a Brazilian number 10 and whatever. I think those players will be better next year. I really do. I think they've had a really tough transitional period coming into this country, I think they'll be better. So I don't think there's massive wholesale changes. Yeah. But Declan not being there, if that is the case, if that is the case, oh, it will be, Stuart, it's going to be a massive blow for the club. It will be the case, surely. He, he's carried the club with his performances and, and what he stands for and, and whatever, both club and country, I think, of, of recent years. Yeah, I think it'll be time up for Declan there. Simon, very briefly, and I know we're pushing it a bit, but I will push it. You know, last night, I see the goal that Declan scored. I mean, it's it's breathtakingly good. No wonder Sullivan wants 120 million plus add-ons. Yeah, but there was observations earlier on in the season, and Graham Souness wrote an article about Declan Rice, about where he where his best position was and what a central midfielder should be able to do. And Declan Rice did has done things during the course of the season that you'd like to see him do more of. 
Um, and when he does more of it, you wonder why he's not doing enough of it. Sure. Because clearly he's a top quality player. But when yeah. we get into the territory of him being worth 120 million quid, he's worth 120 million pounds. If someone is prepared to pay that, and if someone isn't prepared to pay that, and Declan wants to move, then West Ham are going to be in a slightly difficult position. Because if the player decides he wants to go and he's done his bit for West Ham and he wants to go and there isn't a market that's prepared to pay 120 million quid and I'm not sure there's going to be, um, it provides a conundrum for West Ham because I, I don't think he's a 120 million pound player. But, but, then you I get, th- but you didn't think Jack was a 100 million I, And I still don't. I think, I think Jack Grealish is a very talented player playing in an absolutely outstanding side and you've got to be exceptionally, exceptionally poor not to look good playing for Man City. Is Declan worth 120 mil? Uh, I'm probably of the agreement. No, I don't think he is. For 120 million, I think you want a goal scorer to come through your doors that's going to guarantee, guarantee you 15 30 goals, goals 15, okay. 20 goals a year. That okay. would be what I say. Um, while West Ham were doing the business down the road from here at the London Stadium, Manchester United fell apart in Seville. What's going on? So many questions and not of the good variety to be asked on this as they head into an FA Cup semi-final, probably with Brighton favourites. Welcome to the Coliseum of Confrontation. Outspoken with White and Jordan. It wasn't a nice uh, evening in Seville for Manchester United because looking at the highlights this morning, and Simon, I know you watched the whole thing, so you might have a different take on it, but to me, they fell apart. It looked an absolute shambles. And the man Ten Hag, who's been getting all sorts of plaudits of late, uh, isn't being congratulated that much this morning. Mind you, it wasn't his fault. He wasn't out there playing. But John Warrington saying he gets a lot of plaudits, Ten Hag. But is it not just all a bit of a myth, especially after you see a shambles like last night? Anyway, the short and the tall of it is this. It was 2-2 in aggregate going in there. And maybe there's an argument that uh, they put themselves under undue pressure at the end of that first leg at Old Trafford. But they went on to crumble. 3-0 Seville. Ten Hag raged at the end. We have to, to face uh, that we let ourselves down. Uh, we let the fans down. Uh, if you want to win trophies, if you want to be successful, uh, you need other character. I had this question many times now after City, after Liverpool, uh, after Brentford, and every time we bounce back. So in, in that perspective, this team has character. So we have very good mental skills, but in some uh, occasions we are not there. And but that is, I think, what we have to accept now, but it's unacceptable uh, because everyone can see that the demands and the standard has to be higher in a club as Manchester United. I think there won't be a, a United fan in the land, Simon, who is somewhat disillusioned by that last night. How could they be so bad? I mean, it was slapstick comedy errors. Well, yeah. I mean, look, I mean, you look at the goals. They weren't great, United, and they weren't prepared, seemingly, for the intensity of the environment they were going into, which had been compounded by giving Seville way back into the game in the second half at Old Trafford, when really and truly probably the tie turns on that. United are cruising at 2-0. People make observations about Ten Hag changing the side and being a little bit arrogant, but I assumed he thinks the game was done and he could rest a few players and get into the next set of fixtures without overstretching people's legs. That is where the tie was lost, because the dynamics of going into the Seville game at 2-all, having come back, 
change the whole landscape. Oh, come you on, could, you didn't expect United to go there last night I and did maybe expect, win it. I did expect United to go there, but that's because Most of us did. that's because I'm looking at Seville, 13th in La Liga, as a side that are not quite the side that they once were, that's dominated this particular tournament, won it six times, and I didn't anticipate that they would be as prepared to do what they needed to do to win in this game. But let's be clear, as poor as United were, they dominated possession at times, they didn't do much with it, but they gave Seville goals... They gave Seville so as much in as in an Seville, unacceptable manner. Well, you, you look at me, myself, and Stuart were talking off air, and I, I not because I have any particular agenda against Harry Maguire. I hold Harry Maguire more responsible than I do David de Gea, and I know that the argument will be that David de Gea should have just cleared the ball. But if the centre back's asking for it, and your coach is instructing you to play out from the back, and that's how he wants you to play, and you're caught in between two minds, you find yourself giving goals away. Who's so to blame there, Stuart? You played, we didn't. I always think it's the person with the ball at their feet, but there's got to be a portion of blame to both individuals, you know. By the time the ball's arrived at Harry Maguire's feet, he's still in possession of the ball and he was the one who eventually gave it away. But I think I see it week in, week out, especially in Europe. There's cheap goals available if you press aggressively and and Seville showed that. I mean, it's unacceptable, Simon, to be honest. Manchester United this morning want to be feeling like the West Ham fans want to feel and they're not. And Seville, as you rightly said, they're not pulling up trees, 13th. But that's fine. United look underprepared, not ready for it. And that's fine. But Seville are quite a unique team in this particular tournament because they seem to rise to the occasion. And many United fans will feel like West Ham fans do if West Ham win this competition because they've already won the League Cup and they might yet win the FA Cup. But it was an opportunity wasted. There was an opportunity for Manchester United to progress in this tournament. There is still fragilities. There are still frailties. There are still situations where players aren't good enough for what the job is required to build Man United back up again. And I like Ten Hag's interview after the game. He is in part responsible for it yeah. because it's his team. He's the one, you know, he sends them out with the right motivations and the right attitudes and he's the one that made the changes at Old Trafford, albeit the, the resource that comes out should be able to do the job. But he talked about the mechanics of what, what the understanding of playing for Man United actually realize, what involves. I make this point regularly about people and players not understanding who they're playing for and what they should be doing in terms of the Chelsea players seem to have gotten to a comfort zone that they're comfortable in losing games and then going out and talking about other people's failings as Thiago did yesterday and also the United players that have got into this mode of not realising that when you play for Manchester United the raison d'etre is to win games that's what Man United is there for to do and Ten Hag I think will get that message across They've wasted an opportunity. Well, he didn't last night. No, he didn't last night, and uh, and he didn't against Liverpool either. No. So those moments are or still Newcastle. there. Or Newcastle. And 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 those moments are still there. But nobody anticipated that they would be the finished article. Nobody anticipated that United are over their malaise of ten years of underachievement. This doesn't. These cobwebs don't get brushed away overnight. You know, the opportunity was there, and I can dress it up and say that United have still got work to do. They should. Prima facie, with all the resources they've got and the performances they're putting in the Premier League, yeah. be beating Seville over two legs. They that. should. This culture issue, Stuart, is still alive and well. I, I think a couple of points. I think Seville, I think they've underestimated Seville in regard, and we probably all have. I didn't expect them to go there. I thought this was in the balance, this result, from the offset. I didn't think United would go out over there and comfortably get a victory. I thought it could have gone either way. And United this season have... It's feast or famine with them. You know, you come out of a Carabao Cup victory and you think everything's rosy. They could get their hands on three trophies comfortably here. Mm. All of a sudden, it's rock bottom again. And then they've got to start again this weekend. And this weekend is a big, big game for them. And it looks a real tough game now, especially with what we saw last night. So Brighton's going to... Brighton who, who's favourite? Who's favourite? 
I would say United are just, but Brighton are playing some fantastic football. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, it's live and talk sport. Obviously, in the fullness of time, we'll see how that goes. Sunday, 4.30, FA Cup semi-final. But so many questions coming out of it. I mean, these, this culture issue that has previously existed appears to be alive and well. Because last night, they didn't look like Manchester United in a European tie and came out of it with their heads very much down. How did Manchester United blow this quarter-final tie in such shoddy fashion? Want to hear from you this morning on that? 03717 And I don't mean to be unkind, but David De Gea, we saw what happened. A comedy of errors. Are Manchester United reaching a Loris Carrius Joe Hart moment with De Gea? Uh, the need for a transformative goalkeeper this summer. Has it become very evident that it's time up for him? It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. I can't remember having seen or heard anything similar to this. Um, Watford, it's fair to say, have had a whole procession of managers. The latest in charge, one Chris Wilder. But of late for Wilder and Watford... It's two wins in eight league games and the club is 12, five points off the playoffs. So it's not that disastrous, or is it? Now, the other night, they played Cardiff and they lost by three goals to one. Now, bear in mind, bear in mind that Watford as a club, the media department, decided to put this out on their own Twitter feed as Wilder laid in to his own players. It wasn't great. Um, understatement possibly of the, of the year yeah, it's like the fourth or fifth game that we've been up in the game and it just goes from team to individual instead of just doing the right things keep going and keep, keep being a team player 
it doesn't, it goes out the window, everything goes out the window, everybody wants to be the star of the show. My definition of a team is completely different to, to the players' definition of a team. You know, and I keep hearing from, you know, I, I put the sky on and I put other things on and I say, oh, there's some, you know, some absolute great players and can Chris Wilder get a tune out of them? I don't think anybody would be able to get a tune out of this firm if they go individual. And, that, and my definition of a team is, you, you know, whether we win, lose or, or, or draw, these, people, these players chucking their arms up in the air, players falling on the ground, having a moan up at the referee. They sniffed with a week, mentally, physically, jumped all over it, scored three. And then, you know, we've had three or four... I didn't think they turned, turned it in, the players. We've had three or four good opportunities. But then again, you know, I've got players, I've got centre-forwards coming trying to get it off the back four. I've got left, you know, left-wingers out on the right wing. I've got right-wingers out on the left on the left wing. Just lose all the shape and just try and, try and do what they need to do to, to get back in the game, which is never going to be. I've right enjoyed it and it's been a right eye-opener. And like you said, you know, you come into it thinking, you know, some really good players, you can put them together. But is it an impossible job? I mean, not, not, I don't mean impossible as in absolutely no-one can get this right. But well, there's six who haven't, aren't they, for over, the, over the last two years. Um, so um, I, I, I've gone into it deep and, you know, in terms of where it starts. And like I said, you know, I'll give, I'll give my summary to the owner. And I've right enjoyed it and I don't think it would take that much to, to, to get it going uh, the, the other way. And ultimately, all those teams, Burnley have got fabulous individuals, um, but they're a proper team. Sheffield United, uh, great individuals, and now... But they're a team. I know that team. You know, are we good individuals? No. Are we a good team? No. <laughs> Simon, Stuart Pearce is alongside Simon and myself. Bear in mind, that rant was six minutes long. Yeah. So it was six minutes. We pruned that down to about two. So he's gone for it. I mean, so he's chastising his own players. Do fans appreciate that honesty? Um, it's a mixed bag, isn't it? There's an element of you want people to speak their mind, and I don't believe that players should be shielded um, from the, the criticism because they're not certainly shielded from the praise. So I think it's about building character, and I think if you can give fair and constructive criticism in the same way that you give unadulterated praise, it builds leaders, it builds characters. In this time of the world that we live in, people can't take criticism, they don't think it's appropriate, and in a football world, it's a must-not-do. Um, I don't can't understand what his message is because he doesn't seem to make his mind up. I can tell you what a team player is. is a team player was what you were not at Sheffield United when things didn't go the way you wanted them to be. So I don't think you're particularly the first person to talk about teams. Um, the idea that it's all over the place but won't take much to fix it, well, get on with it and fix it. That's your job. That's what you're there for. If your players don't follow the script, who wrote the script? If your players don't understand their responsibilities and aren't being moulded into a team then that's on you. That's what you're there to do. And you can take comfort in the fact that six other guys before you didn't do the job. But you can also look back on the fact that this Watford model has put Watford in the Premier League seven years out of the last ten. So something works with this, with, with this methodology, and some people do a job there, and some people are able to achieve an outcome at Watford that may not be to the liking of people in terms of consistency of manager. I don't like him as a manager. I don't like his attitude. Why? Because I don't like the way he operates. I think he's disrespectful when it comes to moments of adversity. I think when it doesn't go his way, he's exactly the kind of manager that I wouldn't want managing for me. And this kind of outburst, this is about him. 
This is your team. It's about them. No, it's about what he's what is he is supposed to be doing with them. We know that this team are not where they need to be. We know why the owners have taken managers out in that space because they can't get a tune. In one hand, he's talking about this group of players wanting to be a bunch of show ponies that only care about themselves. On the other hand, he's saying it won't take much to fix it. Well, if it doesn't take much to fix it, well, fix it then. And if you've got players that are are working for you, you are either an effective leader that can concentrate their minds, or you are not. How did you do at Middlesbrough? Carrot picks it up. An inexperienced manager changed the direction of travel. Maybe when you point a finger, there's three fingers pointing back. Maybe you need to have a look at yourself. I do like managers coming out. I do believe there's a value in people. But what for? What is it you're trying to achieve? Are you trying to vent your spleen? Are you trying to position yourself in such a way that this can't be your responsibility? You're trying to get a reaction from the players. What is your outcome? Because we can all dispense uh, our dissatisfaction and we can all vent our spleen if it makes us feel better. But does it achieve anything? But he's not wrong. The previous six haven't got it right. Maybe it's the model of ownership that's not working. Well, again, I'll point you in the direction of, of the teams that would love to have been in the Premier League for seven years out of the last ten. No, it's not a very edifying way to operate, to change the manager three or four times in a season, to operate the way Watford do, knowing that ultimately whoever goes in there, whatever they achieve, a bit like Chelsea, at some point they're going to get the sack, except they condense it even quicker at Watford. But there are teams like Nottingham Forest, like Sheffield Wednesday, like Ipswich, that are big football clubs that would love to have spent seven years out of the last ten in the Premier League. So they must be getting something right at Watford. Stuart, what do you think? You've heard Simon. What do you think if you're a Watford player and you've heard that from Wilder? Well, um, I think that's an interview that will get wheeled out on a lot of FA courses for young coaches coming up and dissected. I really do. That It was underpinned with a massive amount of frustration from him. Um, in this day and age, too frank, too forthright in the outside world, without a doubt for me. Too self-serving, more like. Um, well, you see it as you... And the sad thing for me is... You've got a personal thing with Wilder. There's I don't like managers that behave the way he does. I don't. I don't. I think there's a loyalty in it. If you don't like something, walk away from it. And I think his behaviour at the end of Sheffield United was scandalous. I do. Uh, uh, listen, I, I look at Watford and I view Watford, half of what Graham Taylor created there, the family club, the family feel, the structure, all of those types of things with Elton there and whatever. And then I see it now and I think, I'm saddened by it, to be fair. Uh, I think the most frustrated people in all of this are probably the fans of Watford. M- more so than the manager, the players, the owners and whatever. I, I think if you well, watch... What, what are they frustrated about? Watford are not a side that spends inordinate amounts of money. There are far bigger clubs languishing outside the Premier League over the last decade for far longer. Now, I get it. I understand that situation when it looks like you're a joke club firing managers in and out and there's no base to be built. And what you're mm. talking about with Elton John and whoever else and Graham Simpson that run that football club, mm. that football club is gone. Yeah. Right? That's no longer here. And that's 40 years ago. We're now talking about a football club that the, the Pozzos are running mm. that's been in the Premier League for seven years out of ten. So why is it that you would feel the need to feel sorry for the Watford fans because they're having one stinky season? West Bromwich Albion, I've been, I've been relegated three years ago. They've used all their parachute payments up. Their fans are going up in arms against the owners this weekend as a demonstration because they can't understand what's happening with that football club. Yet Watford keep bouncing back into the Premier League, down mm. again, bouncing back in again. I don't think they need sympathy. I think Watford fans are probably quite pragmatic and realistic yeah. about it. They so might I, not be I, happy. I, as a manager, wouldn't walk through the door to work there. I, you, 
because I've seen too much go before it. I don't like the way that, that managers get treated. I don't like the, the fact that managers... And, and you say, well, you've got a decent squad of players there, get a tune out of them. And I, and I take that on the chin as, a, as an ex-manager. But I, I'm looking at the structure and I'm thinking, you know what, I, I'm not sure it, it's a pleasant place to work. So what you're saying, if the posters had come to you, you'd say no, no thanks, yeah. but no thanks. Yeah. I wouldn't. But I think it's the purest. I, mean, right I don't right think there. it's ideal. I don't think they should. I it's don't. not ideal, but I tell you what, it's not. It, it hasn't it's, have worked. I'm looking at Watford fans getting in touch this morning saying, no, we're with Wilder. He's right. There's George. I'm a 50 years Watford fan. Love the football club. I agree with Wilder. He was right to say it. And that's fantastic. Now, what happens next? If the outcome was, if it was designed, if, it was, if that was a structured um, evisceration of his playing squad and he knows the personalities and he knows what that's going to create, and he's doing it from that point of view, then there may be some method to his madness. Mm. I think he's trading in the margins. I think the very nature of someone coming into that space is to do a job. I think so many of these managers, I'm sorry, they're not going to like to hear it, it's the emperor's new clothes with these guys. They're bloody charlatans. They've got to go in there and effect change, and they get built up in the media to be certain things, and they can't go and do it. And in any other walk of life, they'll be held accountable. In this walk of life, they get the reasons for their... We know that this group of players aren't, are a bit flaky. We know they're a bit flighty. That's why you're in the door, fella. Yeah, but it's so not, your it's job, not, your it's job. not a charlatan for doing it. What about the boardroom? Why are they not held accountable as well? Why are they held accountable well, for the how board, they do? The boardroom... And he's saying, wait a minute... This is not what I expected. But, but, but again, well, then do your homework before you take the job. But, but you're giving the potters a pass no, here. No, not. I don't think it's particularly edifying. I said that. I don't think it's the greatest way to operate. But again, I set the bar. What level do you expect Watford to be at then? Let's have it reality. Let's have a look at Sheffield Wednesday, one of the biggest clubs in this country once upon a time that are languishing League One. Let's look at these some other, other clubs that would, would, would kill to be in the Premier League for as long as Watford have. No, it's not ideal. And maybe the Pozzo should run their business differently. But how unsuccessful is this model proving to be by comparison to far bigger football clubs? Nottingham Forest, the European champion, spent 23 years outside of the Premier League. Leeds United spent 17. This club have been in there for two-thirds of a decade, of the last decade. Wow, who's getting it right and who's getting it wrong then? So you would have preferred Wilder to keep his trap shut? I would prefer Wilder to affect an outcome rather than necessarily tell everyone else why it's not his fault. I believe that leaders lead. I believe that you take responsibility for your actions. That is his side now. 12 games in, it's his group of players. If he can't affect an outcome or a change, where's the bounce? Where's the dynamics? Where's the job creation opportunities for development that he's supposed to bring in? We know what the problem is. The players were underperforming. Mm. That's why you came in the door. So you get to carry on then and blame everybody else. You've got no ability to affect anything in front of you. It's simply just the players. He might get a tune out of them So now. then why do we bother with coaches then? And what, where's the hypocrisy in this conversation? We say that coaches are the fulcrum and the opportunity to achieve things, but now it's all the players. Then the next conversation, it's not the players, it's the coach. Depends which narrative you want to run at the time. The coach's job is to improve. And if it's exactly the same, then you're being ineffective. And it's great to have that rant, but what does it achieve? Your 100% essential download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Thanks for listening to Outspoken. Don't forget to leave a five-star review and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll be back on Monday. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. 
Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.